0: Welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. I uh, I-, I took this over, so <laughs> Doug did not get the chance to start because he's uh, he was going. I want to start this. Some- I was nah. like, how do I want to start this? Jump on in there and just <laughs> kick it off. Why not? So I'm Jason usurper. And, in case you didn't get it, I'm Jason, and uh, and over here as is every week is Doug, and he doesn't hey. know what to do now because he didn't get the chance to uh, start the episode. I don't know what to do. Sorry. I,
1: I actually I do know what to do. I wanted to give a shout out okay. to our friend. Vicky Chim, who's Vicky back Chim. there working cameras, you have never seen her, and you never will see her.
0: <laughs> That's well, may, uh, actually, maybe I can't make that proclamation. Some, yeah. If she
1: wants to be seen, you might see her at some point. That's anyway, uh, so round of applause for Vicky. We'll pause for that. Great. All right, uh, we are having a great day today. Yeah, because we are. It's a little hot. I don't it, know if it's going to be hot when this episode comes out, but it certainly is But hot just
0: today. know it's hot as we're recording.
1: Yeah, you may see us dabbing our brows from time to time. <laughs> uh, today is the last day in the heart, soul, mind, strength. Yes.
0: Uh, quadrad? I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go with... Uh, f- yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> four things... Yeah. With like almost three episodes or four episodes a piece. This is
1: episode 16. So we've been going this through is, Heart, Soul, Mind, Strength whoa. for 16 episodes. This, and today, this
0: podcast can now drive. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah.
1: If you only have to be 16 weeks old to drive, then yes. A Good point. Uh, today we're doing our last interview for the Heart, Soul, Mind, Strength series, yeah. wrapping up with strength, as you know, if you've been listening. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, You know by now, strength for us has to do with capabilities, proficiencies, skills that you can develop that help develop yourself and help develop others. We've talked about fun terms like meta-learning as we've gone through. We did. That word did come up. We talked about Jason cutting down trees with axes. Go back and listen to episode uh, 13, I believe it is, for that one, the strength episode. Yeah, that We had a lot of fun talking about that. That's true. And anyway, what are we going to be doing today?
0: Yeah, so what we're talking about strength, um, as we know, we've already talked about um, how um, it serves our call into ministry. It serves our call into missions, this idea of strength. But what we're also talking about today is leadership and this idea that a loving God with all of our strengths involves using all that we have to honor and obey him. And we're going to focus on this idea that a leadership is influence, and hmm. everybody, whether you know it or not— It's a textbook definition. It's a textbook definition that we're going to make sound like it didn't come just from a textbook, because <laughs> okay. we don't want to just bore people. <laughs> yeah. I think I like
1: to think we spruce things up.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so leadership is is influence. You influence people every day, whether you realize it or not. So how can you influence them in a way that points back to Jesus? In other words— what does it mean to lead like Jesus? And we have the perfect guest to, to talk about that. Yeah, we today. do.
1: His name's Dave Alford. He's a pastor here at Saddleback, and he's what I think he's he is the, if not one of the one of the, if not the leadership guru for Saddleback Church. Like he he's, has a doctorate in he's, leadership. He has a doctorate in leadership. So he's yeah.
0: literally Doctor Alfred Leadership Guru. Yeah, like if he had a radio show, that would be the title. I have of a
1: bachelor's radio. in leadership and not a master's he has a doctorate so that makes him like my leadership grandpa two steps above yeah yeah he's like two stages above me but it feels like a lot more whenever we talk
0: i don't have any degree in leadership <laughs> but i'm excited to be a part of this conversation
1: <laughs> yes it's going to be fun in just a moment we'll be back with dave alford All right, we're back with Dave Alford. Thanks for joining us today, dude. Hey,
2: good to be here. Glad to join you guys.
1: Yeah, we're excited to talk with you. I just want to slow pitch you the first one. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you came to Saddleback and how long you've been on staff, what you do here?
2: Now, do you want to take the whole interview to cover (laughs) that? It's a Uh, long story. Give me
1: the... Uh, abbreviated six version. to seven yeah. minute version. <laughs> I think I've heard some of the some of the big story, and it is a <laughs> lot. It is a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, but give us whatever you think appropriate for uh, today.
2: Okay. Well, I've been on staff at Saddleback uh, about seven years. Mm. I like to tell people that I've run around the bases backwards because <laughs> I uh, actually have been four hundred one, three hundred one, two hundred one. That's right. Now That's on one hundred one. Oh yeah, uh, and actually, that's a great experience to you know see the church and how it operates and all in those reverse. areas. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but originally came on uh, to head up something that called the Leadership Academy, mm. and uh, it was uh, it really what it, it's morphed into our internship program, and so that has followed me kind of wherever I have gone mm. uh, in the church. These days, though, I'm on the membership team at the Lake Forest campus and lead that. And so membership uh, includes small groups, all the next steps kind of stuff, hmm. follow-up on salvation, baptism, class 101. And then we also house uh, men, women, singles, workplace, uh, and interns. And so- uh, It's a potpourri of- <laughs> that uh, is is. there. Is. That is awesome. a ton of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've been on staff, how long did you mention? Seven years. Seven years. Wow. That's oh, sweet.
1: What if, uh, what's the—I mean, you said that internship has been like the thread that's kind of gone through mm-hmm. the whole thing, so it kind of speaks to your leadership heart. How did that love of leadership develop for you? Mm,
2: that's, a, that's a great question. So I've, I've had, you know, career-wise, have had, uh, you know, experience in a lot of different areas, I suppose, business, education, mm-hmm. and the church— I uh, you know, had a call to ministry. I suppose getting close to thirty years ago wow. now, uh, but before that, started out in the marketplace and so experienced uh, you know leadership there, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then and then got a call to pastoral ministry and did that for ten years. I think. I think almost immediately in pastoral ministry, I realized I didn't know how to lead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how
1: much did that age you, those 10 years? <laughs> what did that
2: 10 years feel like? Yeah. <laughs> they, actually, they were enjoyable years. Oh, good. But uh, a lot of learning. And I, th- yeah. I, you know, I think like anybody, you know, when you're younger, there is a, there is a steep learning curve. And I, I went into a couple of positions where there was a lot of room to learn stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, and people certainly helped me do that. Yeah. Uh, but but the the good thing in that there were a couple of places I you know I would say stubbed my toe tripped pretty badly mm. in some areas yeah. and uh, and so realized that there was a lot that I had to learn mm. about leadership and as I said that's been a lot of years ago and so I have been a, a student of leadership mm. during all of that did it in pastoral ministry was in Christian higher ed for about a dozen years mm. and learned more about it there and then have been at Saddleback for the last. Seven years, and you know, we obviously, you know, Rick Warren is a world-class leader, and so Mm. there is a ton to learn here as well. And so, that's kind of been it. And I was honored, uh, you know, to be asked to come and, and even think about this subject of leadership, as I said with this Leadership Academy when we started it. And that that is my my passion. I love to develop people, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, get to do that in a lot of ways. I would I would say that marks my leadership is developing people. Yeah, but also uh, get to do it with our with our interns, and mm-hmm. uh, as you guys know, uh, in fact. Jason, you were one of them. I was. That's uh, true. We started have, out in, a, in the intern program. Exactly. So we we have close to hundred interns a year here at Saddleback, That's which awesome. is you know a huge thing for a church to be able to do something like that. But yeah. we get to develop people and pour into them, and and so I love being part of that as well. Yeah,
0: love that. That's so cool. Now. I think as as we go forward in our conversation, we're going to talk a little bit more about how leadership and discipleship blend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to get a little more background on the other side of that. So talk about a spiritual growth. And I'd just love to hear a little bit about your a personal journey of of, of spiritual growth, just some influences that you had, some influencers mm-hmm. who have been impacted in your life, mm-hmm. um, maybe some books that you've just really been drawn to, that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: I um I uh, was fortunate to be raised in a Christian home. In fact, a ministry home. Actually, mm-hmm. I've got—I oh, cool. am a fourth-generation uh, pastor. Wow! Uh, wow! Uh, <laughs> going back to my great grandparents, grandparents. Actually, my folks were not in the ministry, but all of their siblings were, and so I, you know, oh, in a way, they were—they were more what we used to call the pillars of the church. That was kind of my <laughs> folks, and so we were always around <laughs> church. So I grew up in a in a church family and that you know that, that can be good that can be bad <laughs> in my case it was really good it was a great experience uh, and so I, I would say you know at the top of the list and I think it always is whether whether it's good or bad is <laughs> my parents were the greatest influence on me and they're yeah. solid followers of Christ still are still going strong mm. and so uh, I saw it you know not only at church but been in our home but I think like anybody who grows up in church, um, there, there is a, a journey uh, where you have to take what is your parents' faith, mm. and you have to make it personal. You have mm-hmm. to make it your own faith. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think that's an unusual story, but for me that happened certainly during my teenage years, and I uh, you know, ended up asking a lot of questions during those years about faith, uh, and, and and all the questions were answered. Now, it wasn't necessarily a smooth process mm. all the time, but one of the key influences at that time, in addition to my folks, was we had a, a pastor uh, at our church. I was in a small church growing up, pastor of our church who came, uh, and uh, he was only about 10 years older than I was. I was 15. He was 25. <laughs> and um, And he took time to... You know, just kind of focus on me. He Say, hey, come oh, by the cool. office, let's talk. And so we spent a lot of time together. And he really, I would say, opened my eyes to, um, you know, to what faith could could really be. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was, you know, a, a key influence uh, to me very early on. Um, and I, you know, I've certainly had other people along the way my wife is a great influence molly uh met her when i was in college and and she's always been an influence to me and i know <laughs> your wives are to you guys as well Maybe. each and every day yes yeah. exactly <laughs> right exactly right and uh in terms of books i don't want to you know i don't want to sound like the uh uh the, you know the guy who just gives the the answers that you're supposed to give but honestly it, it is the bible for me mm-hmm. and it should be right yeah, yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, early on, and this goes back to that pastor I was just describing mm. uh he opened the Bible to me in a way I had not seen it before, mm. and so i've you know I've used different devotional resources and that kind of thing, but I've always just had a very close connection with scripture, and that you know that's been uh huge for me, so another influence and then again don't want to sound like the, you know, the guy who's giving the answers you're supposed to give. I I think Saddleback is an incredible place. Our family has attended Saddleback for about 10 years now. Hmm. My kids grew up at Saddleback. uh, And I tell people all the time, I think I and our family is uh, as spiritually healthy as we have ever been. And it's the ministry of Saddleback and it's, Hmm. it's Rick Warren's teaching. So I'm a I don't just work here, I'm a believer in this place. And yeah. Uh, so those exactly. are some of the, the things I would say that are big influences for me. Cool. Hmm, that's
1: great. You you talked about uh, you think of leadership, you think of God's word, and that may not be the initial thing that that people think of. So you you have a you have a very uh I think sh- almost shockingly or unfortunately uncommon take on leadership with that with that regard. You take the scriptures, and you turn them into very clear leadership principles. Mm-hmm. And your whole leadership paradigm, as I've heard it explained in the past, is derived from God's word, mm-hmm. not using like external like leadership schemes, but thinking in terms of what does God's word say mm-hmm. and what's the story that's told in the Bible. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about how you see our personal discipleship journey as tied to um, the, the skill of leadership? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and there is a scripture that, that just pinpoints that. It just brings a laser focus to me when it comes to leadership, and it's, it's the Great uh, Commission. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, when, when Jesus got to the point where he was going to you know, ascend back into heaven, so he was turning his work over to these disciples that he had spent three years with, I think his words are very telling. He started off saying, go and make disciples. Hmm. And I, I read into that that Jesus had spent three years pouring into these 12 guys. There were others as well, but he had spent three years pouring into Mm -hmm. these people. He had discipled them. And when he got to the end and it was time to turn it over to them, he was telling them, now I want you to go do the same thing. I have led you. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to go and lead others. So the call to discipleship, I know we always see it as a call to evangelism, and I absolutely believe that. It is Mm -hmm. a call to evangelism. But I think beyond that, it is a call to leadership. That that personal discipleship is synonymous with leadership development. The natural outcome of personal discipleship is mm. leadership. Mm. And that if as, as we mature and grow in the Lord, the purpose of that is that we're called to lead others. Mm. Now that doesn't mean that we're all going to lead you know, on a big platform doesn't mean we're all going to pastor a big church or lead a company mm-hmm. uh, leadership can be can be you know in very small increments mm-hmm. but but it's desperately needed everywhere even in the small increments mm-hmm. probably the most important is, is are we leading our families well? Are we leading in our personal relationships well? Mm. So it's, it's important to every person. Not every person has the gift of leadership. They're not gonna all lead on a big platform, but every follower of Christ, I believe, and I think the Great Commission is the, you know, that's, that's the place where we're called to it. Every mm. believer is called to leadership. And we grow, we are discipled, we mature in Christ in order to be able to lead others. Mm.
1: Go ahead. You were airing up for something. Well, <laughs> I think we both were. So I a heard a breath.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, no, I was just going to say, one thing that we talked about in the intro, and um, I think plays a big part of this, is this idea uh, of leadership as influence. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying, um, all believers are called into leadership. I know that there's a lot of people that are like, wait a second, uh, that's not my thing. I'm just good, you know, uh, you know, just living my life and doing my thing. Mm-hmm. What do you mean now I have to be a leader? And so can you break down this idea of just a leadership is influence and what what and that how that impacts a person's daily life? Mm-hmm. Can I, let,
1: let me tack one more thing on that, too, because it goes back to what you were saying a, a couple seconds ago. You said that leadership is sort of the natural outcome. It's mm-hmm. like a natural outcropping of a discipleship journey. So I think that's kind of tied in there as well. So, and, and I don't know, you can speak to this, maybe it's a misconception about leadership or something, but what would you say? about all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> those, like, six questions we let just... Let me try just, and keep <laughs> it all right. yeah.
2: Well, let, let me back up and kind of lay, lay a foundation here. Uh, because, and you mentioned earlier, Doug, that, that, you know, leadership can be found in the Bible, and I, I think that's absolutely true. It starts in the you know, first couple of chapters of Genesis. Hmm. And what I will, will often say to people that is, in a perfect world, there would be no human leadership because there would be no need for human leadership. Because we, we have a picture of a perfect world. It didn't last long, but it was in the Garden of Eden. And there wasn't human leadership. God was the leader. And yeah. it's, it's really helpful that we have that picture because we get the picture of what perfect leadership is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the relationship between God and Adam and Eve. And God did three things for Adam and Eve, and I think these are the three things that good leaders do. First thing is th- that he did was he provided them an example to follow. And so mm-hmm. he, was, he was there. Uh, we, can, we can imply that he perhaps came down and met with them each day in the evening. Mm-hmm. In any case, he was accessible to them. Mm-hmm. And so he was an example to, for them to follow. That's what good leaders are. They're examples to follow. God is obviously the perfect example. No human leader is perfect except Jesus, but that's what good leaders do. And, and i'll come back to that in a moment but that's mm-hmm. where influence comes from mm-hmm. it's the example mm-hmm. that you provide to other people the second thing that god did for them is he gave them a purpose to live for and the purpose was his command to them he, he told them hey you're just going to multiply and fill the earth and i want you to subdue it or i want you to manage it is really a better way of putting it mm-hmm. he he said i have made the creation now i want you to take care of it and so that was their purpose he did not tell them, I want you to you know, mow the lawn on Monday and water the flowers on Tuesday and trim the bushes on Wednesday. He didn't give them a series of tasks. He gave them a purpose that they were supposed to pursue. Again, that's what good leaders do. You don't give tasks. You give purpose to people. You give them an outcome that you want them to, uh, to work toward. That's good. And the third thing that he did was that he, um, he gave them uh, values to live by. And, and it was really one in that case. Uh, he told them, there's one thing you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, and that doesn't seem like much of a value, but, but what I'll often say to people is that people get paralyzed if they don't have uh, boundaries to, to the lane that they can run in. Mm-hmm. And so if God had said, you can do whatever you want, I don't know how Adam and Eve would have responded, but I know how people respond now. When you tell them, you can do whatever you want, they don't believe you. And so they keep wondering where the boundary is, yeah. and they're paralyzed by that. One of the best things you can do for people is to give them some value so that they know what's okay to do and what's not okay to do. Mm-hmm. And then they've, they've got the lane that they can run in. So that's what God did for Adam and Eve. It's still what good leaders do for others. They don't do it as well as God, obviously. But those are the things that they do. Going back to the influence question, mm-hmm. influence comes from being an example for people to follow. And it doesn't start there. It starts with relationship. It starts with being accessible to people, just you know, kind of being there for them, focusing on them. And as we spend time with people, as we put focus on them, as we make it safe for them to be around us, as we continue to grow— and and we uh, actually serve as examples for them to follow our influence with them grows mm-hmm. now we don't we don't reach out to them we don't relate to them so that we can have influence but influence is the natural result of being accessible mm-hmm. and caring for other people and so that's where the influence comes and everybody can do that mm-hmm. there is not a, in fact we i would say as believers that's exactly what we are equipped to do Mm-hmm. We are equipped to care for other people in that way, to serve them, to reach out to them, and when we do it, influence will be a natural result. So it's not something that mm-hmm. you you got to go get influence so you can lead. No, go care for people, and what's going to happen is you're going to have influence, and then you're in a position to lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man, that's great. Uh, let's. I want to talk about.
1: Um, I mean, this is doable discipleship. I want to yeah. talk about some, like, what are some pragmatic ways that people can start thinking about leadership in their own personal life. Mm-hmm. Especially that person who doesn't feel like they're a leader at all. Mm-hmm. I hear that from people all the time, I'm not a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they even, not only do they not believe that about themselves, they don't even want to believe that about themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, neither uh, I am neither a believer nor do I want to be a leader, excuse me, a leader or want to be a leader. Can you talk about uh, how they can start to embrace that that God-given role in their mind?
2: Yeah, and, and so go, going back, it's, it's those three things. Those are the outward ways that, mm. that we lead. And, and, and they actually start, um, I would say, in a way that often doesn't look like leadership. So, you know, the, the idea that God was an example for Adam and Eve to, to follow. Well, y- y- yeah, you want to live a life that's an example, but really where that starts is, are you reaching out to people? Are you going to people and engaging with them and caring for them? Mm. That's it. That's, that's leadership. It's that's the mm. beginnings of leadership. Uh, God gave them a purpose to, to live for. Now, you're not going to go out probably and do that unless you're in a formal position of leadership. You're not going to go out and say, hey, I've got a purpose for you to live by. Yeah. Instead, the way that that starts is you, you live your own life yeah. for a purpose. Yeah. And when people ask you why do you do that, you explain it to them. Mm. And when you explain it to them, right after that, you might go, hey, you want to help me? You, you invite them to be part of what you're doing. And so you give them purpose as well. Again, this is not top-down leadership. This is bottom-up leadership. It's hmm. serving people. And by serving people, you open up opportunities for that to happen. This is absolutely what Jesus did. Hmm. Jesus did it this way. And then the third area is, you know, you're giving people values to live by. Well, we, we have a lot of Christians who are around trying to give values to people, and they yeah. aren't necessarily doing a very good job at it. They do it on Twitter, big time. The, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to live the values so right. that people see you demonstrating the values that you believe in. Mm. That will lead to the question, why do you live this way? Well, because here's my set of values. Mm. Would you like to know more about them? And ultimately, you have the opportunity to— uh, even perhaps instill some of those values in them because when they see it, the value of it in, in your life. So it, it is not about going out and, and leading out strong. Hmm. It's really going out and serving people. That's where leadership starts. Yeah. Yeah. But when we do that as followers of Christ, influence follows and, and we end up in leadership positions. And you, and you read the Gospels and this is how Jesus did it. Hmm. Jesus just went out and served and he ended up having tremendous influence as a result of that. Now, we aren't all going to be like Jesus. we yeah. put that caveat in there. But, it, but we, we do the same thing. But there's, a, there's another element to it as well that I would say. Those are the things that we want to do on the outside. But what God is constantly doing, if we are disciples of Jesus, is he is developing in us the stuff that we need to be able to do those things well, to serve yeah. people well. And that's why it's critical, you know, what what you guys, your team is doing, uh, that, that people understand that, that spiritual growth, discipleship, spiritual maturity is not an end in itself. But as we grow spiritually, I usually like to say there there are three questions that God is is not just answering for us, but he's developing the answers in us all the time. He's helping us to know who we are. Mm. If I know who I am, I know what my identity is, puts me in a position to put other people first. Mm-hmm. He is answering the question or developing in me the answer to the question, why am I here? Mm. If I know why I'm here, I can pursue a purpose with a passion and people are gonna be drawn to that. Mm. And he's answering the question, uh, you know, what's most important? What is the priority of my life? And, and as he develops that in us, that is the root of us being able to live out eternal values that people are going to be drawn to hmm. so there is this inside outside relationship we we need to keep growing spiritually, but as we do, it empowers us and enables us to to serve people in a way that's going to naturally lead to leadership yeah that's,
0: that's think, good. I think what's so cool about that, especially in terms of this show right is is on this on the show we talk a lot about the first part of the great commandment is love your God with all your heart, mm-hmm. soul, mind, and strength. But there's a second part of the great commandment, which is in love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. And that's what you're yep. talking about, yep. I think, just now, yep. is is a, a, as you grow and love God more and know God more, and he is working in you, you're able to go and in, in love better. Exactly and that's, right. And that's the leadership and influence part that we've been talking about. Yeah, yep, absolutely.
1: Cool. There's there's something that you said, too, that I, that I really resonated with— you, you talked about how you get a sense of your own personal identity and that sort of sets you up to become the kind of leader that God has made you to be. Mm -hmm. And I just, it got me thinking about how so much of what we do as human beings, typically, like if you remove, if you remove God's influence and you just think of us as just people who behave the way people behave, we tend to measure ourselves against each other. Mm -hmm. So we, we always are, we're trying to figure out our identity by scaling against those around us. And, um, I th- what I hear you saying is that when we when we see who we are in relation to who God is, rather than the people around us, it sort of anchors us in a way that causes us to become others focused. Because where we fit in things is no longer a priority because mm-hmm. we've already discovered yeah. that in Christ, we don't now can take the posture of Christ, which is with a with a clear sort of ironclad you know position in terms of like where i fit in this universe and where i fit in god's plan i can then be thinking of others and not just constantly be worried about filling this emptiness inside that i feel you also talk you you teach on something that i really love you talk about the contrast between the the ruling leader and the serving leader mm-hmm. can you can you just share a little bit about that cuz i think that's so important for our listeners to hear
2: yeah and, and and the source of that really comes back to an incident that happened between Jesus and his disciples. It's a familiar mm. one. But one day, James and John, at the urging of their mother, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> came to Jesus. This was kind of late in his ministry and said, hey, Jesus, we would like to have positions of leadership. We would like to sit at your right hand and your left hand when you come into your kingdom. Can you work that out for yeah. <laughs> us? And they had a little interaction with Jesus about that. But... The big thing was the rest of the disciples heard that the two brothers <laughs> yeah. had asked for those positions. It
1: sounds like that wasn't very tactfully done. <laughs> no, I don't like, think At so. least pull them
2: aside. Yeah, exactly. And so the, <laughs> the, the, the other disciples, the Bible says lots of things, but most of them say it's, they were indignant. Yeah. They, they were not <laughs> happy with the two yeah. brothers. So Jesus sees this tension between James and John and the rest of the disciples, and he calls the guys together. And he says, okay, guys, let me give you a leadership lesson. Basically, he says, look, there's a conventional way of doing leadership. He said, the, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So in other words, he's talking about top-down leadership. Mm-hmm. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Yeah. He said, that's how everybody else does leadership. It's a top-down kind of leadership. But unequivocally, he says to the disciples, not so with you. That's not the way that I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. He said, instead, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you need to learn to be a servant. And if you want to be first, you need to be a slave. And so Jesus was calling for a new kind of leadership. Hmm. And so it's it's out of that. Yeah, i like to talk about ruling leadership, which is top-down leadership. Hmm. All leaders have to do the, the same things. They got to, you know, the things we talked about earlier, about sure. what God did. That's what good leaders, they have to do it, but there are hmm. different ways to do it. One approach is to do it with a ruling leadership. And I think it's the, it's the norm. It's it's kind of what we're used to doing. It's what mm. we're used to seeing. And and I think it's a far less powerful form of leadership than to do it the way that Jesus said it, which mm. is instead of doing it top-down, serve people. And you're going to end up with far more powerful results, but you'll do it as a serving leader as opposed to a ruling leader.
1: Yeah. Mm. And I, th- I think for, from our angle, from the discipleship angle, too, I think of— like when I've heard you teach that dichotomy in the past, ruling versus serving, I think not only about the outcomes, which are so important uh, externally in terms of like what you accomplish here and now, but I think I think a lot too about what are the outcomes that that produces on the inside? Mm-hmm. How do those two different styles shape you differently? Because the, the approaching things from that ruling standpoint is a self-centered, inward-focused, using using people and things and resources for my own ends, mm-hmm. as opposed to investing in, and pouring out the way Christ did, that, that kind of foot-washing analogy, serving others in order to to gain influence, and like you said earlier, not for its own sake, not for your own ends, but for a purpose that is bigger than yourself and that is, that's tied up in eternity. Mm. And I think that the one hand, you know, if we do things with the ruling method, we— we distance ourselves even further from Christ mm-hmm. and, and from his hopes and dreams for us as individuals and if we will embrace the servant leadership and do it fully not with not using <laughs> not using methods of service in order to in a hidden way get what you want mm-hmm. but rather with a heart of service and of genuine love for others and a desire to please God with what you do um you then take on those methods of leadership. I I, I think that's probably the most insidious uh, mixing of leadership is when we have the heart of a ruler, but we adorn ourselves with the habits and actions of a servant, and it kind of conceals the real heart that's underneath. Uh, And I I guess maybe a starting point, at least for me, as I've wrestled with this over the years, is God, please help shape in me the right heart toward this. Please transform my heart so that I can so that i can not just do the the right leadership things on the outside that will seem appropriate to church life and being a pastor and blah 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 but cause those to come from this genuine renewed place inside of me uh, but i th- i think that's uh that's where it gets really tough because it it's easy to not just have those two two sides but then you can kind of blend those two things as well, and can yeah. kind of get a little bit muddy.
2: Well, and it, it it goes back again to why I say that leadership is the natural outcome mm. of discipleship. Mm. Uh, I I think being a serving leader is a difficult thing if you do not have, you know, Christ living inside of you, yeah. and if you are not being renewed and you're growing spiritually, All right. But but when that is happening, the things that God is doing inside of us are the very things that enable and empower us hmm. to lead by serving. Yeah, and I yeah I couldn't agree more. In fact, I, I would say that a lot of the leadership books, podcasts, a lot of it is it's it's hmm. a ruling leadership, but we try and make it look like a serving leadership. Yeah, and so what we're talking about here is something that's different. It is it is an inside out serving leadership yeah. so what's going on inside of me and it empowers me to serve others
0: yeah and I think that
2: I think that ties right into a great kind
0: of step like a doable step for people is a lot of people if you think about leadership or, or wanting to grow in leadership or whatever is you think there's a whole I mean it's a whole business of leadership books mm-hmm. it's a whole huge genre of books right yeah but I, but I would encourage people to instead of picking up another book on leadership, Go back and pick up your Bible, yeah. and just spend time, just just in the Word, getting to know God, to know Christ, and and see what leadership is like. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I think that's a great encouragement.
2: And I would say, focus on the gospels. Yeah, read about Jesus, but read about Jesus as a leader. Look at it through that yeah. lens. And Start it's there, <laughs> and then
1: go read about all the flawed leaders in the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> Saul, you dog. Uh, well, I, I love what you were, you were saying, Jason. It, it, a lot of the books that are like common, like I, I've read a ton of leadership books. Not, not nearly as many as you, I'm sure, but I've read a lot of leadership books because it's an area of, of, it's an area that I think is important. I think. We see all the time that you know things like rise and fall sure. with leadership. Mm-hmm. I think there's truth in that. I, I won't get into my. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't get in. I tend to <laughs> Doug's <laughs> whole treatise on leadership. <laughs> I no. tend to scrutinize statements like uh, they rise and the fall rise and with fall, the Holy right? Spirit. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, I think you know when you read most leadership books, you see the you see a methodology to get what you desire. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, one of the leadership classics that I actually do recommend uh, would be. Uh, Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Influence People" mm-hmm. is a great work because it teaches a lot of skills. But I, I've often wondered, like you know, last time I read through that book, I thought this is some this is a way that people can arm themselves with skill without actually being transformed on the inside. And that's typical of leadership books: is mm-hmm. here is a scheme, and if you will do this thing, it will get you what you desire. And there's not necessarily anything intrinsically wrong with that. But I I think it's so important to take a step further back and start thinking about not the outcomes. Uh, not even just the desires but what's what's the origin story like in me like what what are what are my motives like mm-hmm. and and that's i mm-hmm. I love the admonition to like pick up the Bible that's a great recommendation because the the fact of the matter is the Bible is concerned less with your is less concerned with your tactics and is more concerned with who you're actually becoming, mm-hmm. like who you're being transformed exactly. into internally. That's going to
0: influence how you live it out. Which yeah. goes
1: exactly back to you said, so it's a natural outcome. Mm-hmm. So if I'm transformed on the inside, the external things cannot help but fall into place because one drives the other. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Can you, can you think of some good uh, now that we've sort of pointed out the fallacy of some <laughs> leadership <laughs> books. But can you think of some really great leadership books that have been formative for you and that have helped you develop in this way over the years? I mean, you 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 talked a little bit about this, but what are some ones that you might recommend our people go and pick up?
2: Yeah. Uh, again, you sound like the guy that's trying to give the right Sunday school that's answer right. here. That's okay. but oh, it's your water. honestly, the Bible is... An Incredible leadership book, yep. and uh, and we've talked about a few things today, but we're scratching the surface. There's so much mm. uh, about leadership in the Bible, and so I think learning those lessons, uh, that's there's a lifetime there. Yeah. I feel like this could be a whole nother series of episodes
0: of podcasts eventually, just talking about doing books. through, I mean, yeah, or no, or just leadership principles, yeah, of the Bible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible do a
2: whole series on that. There, there are some others, uh. You know, I wish I had a better access to them in my thinking right now. But a, a book, honestly, that has been very influential to me, it's not a Christian book, but it's the book Good to Great. I was going to name a, that one. I'm glad you did it. Which is a, a popular so one. And uh, and what I love about Good to Great is it actually talks about the kind of leadership we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. call it a level five leader. That chapter in that book all by itself is a really worthwhile yeah. uh, chapter uh, to lead. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to pull up others, but that, anyhow, those are those are a couple well, of thoughts.
1: Because I'm such a big fan of Good to Great, we can camp on that for just a second. But you, <laughs> you, you, you kind of alluded to it, and this is what I what I took away, and what I know you do too, because we've talked about it. Good to Great is powerful because it, using a very research based method. It's sort of empirically discovered that what Jesus taught about leadership is correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the level five leader is, is is characterized, unlike any of the previous four levels, as someone who is unconcerned with themselves, mm-hmm. who wants to see the success of the mission and doesn't want to assign all the credit and glory to himself or yep. herself. And I thought... When I read that book, I was just like, "I love it when the data comes back and shows that the the Word of God is still true today in every organization and everything that we do and it and that if you lead that way, you really can get the kind of influence that that you
2: desire yeah that's a powerful that's cool. one for sure yeah and I, I think it is uh, uh, y- you know I, I always want to be careful you know in talking about you know the kind of leadership we're talking about today and the and the alternative. I don't at all think that the people are, who are leading more from a ruling leadership perspective, or even a, a level four leader as opposed to a level five leader, that there's some evil intent in that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I like to think the, the best of most people, and I think they're, they're doing it. So the message is not so much don't do that. The message is that if you are a follower of Christ, um, you are called to lead, mm-hmm. but you are equipped specially to lead in an incredibly powerful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's, you know, uh, good to great is about leading at a corporate level. There aren't very many people that will do that. Most of us are going to be leading on smaller platforms, but that's exactly what's needed. We we desperately need people to step up and lead just wherever they are mm-hmm. uh, and and take those opportunities. And we are uh, incredibly equipped to do it as followers of Christ yeah. and to lead in the way that we're talking about. And it's a powerful form of leadership. Mm-hmm. So. There's a positive message. It's not like, yeah. don't do it that way. Instead, man, take advantage of what God gives us to Yeah, do. that's great.
1: Yeah, oh, that's great. You want to talk about uh, that small group study? Yeah, we, we wanted that? to
0: take a little second to plug a small group study that uh, our team has worked on, and actually we're working on it as a small group study series. Uh, uh, the first one is out right now. It's called A Leading Like Jesus is the series title, and the first um, study is called The Foundations of Leadership. Mm. So it's based off of a a leadership series that Rick did a little bit ago called "A Leadership Lifters. Mm. And so it's a four-week small group series on leadership. It covers topics such as a foundational principles of leadership, the temptations of leadership, and the skills of leadership. Mm. Uh, so that's available right now um, on uh, mysaddleback.com. Um, I think it's in the bookstore on the weekends at, at your campus, hopefully. Um, and, and, and that one's great. And then we, in the new year... Uh, we will have a new one out, uh, on the heart of leadership mm. that we are working on. So that'll be, a, a, another great one followed by, if you can guess soul, mind, and strength of leadership. And these will all be part of the leading like Jesus. All going to be package. under the, right. the branding of, of leading like Jesus. Yeah. yeah so, um, so come out different installments, different installments, but we're really excited, uh, for that. And, um, so if you're looking for something to do with your small group in the future, check it out.
1: Yeah, that's great. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Thanks for having great me. Great I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. It will happen again if you'll, if you'll return. <laughs> you bet. Anytime. <laughs> Sweet. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you next week. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.